Who's AD? I keep hearing this name. Uh, it's the year of our Lord. Welcome to Lowering the Rim! All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lowering the Rim podcast. Get out your broomsticks. We're going to lower the rim. We're going to go around the league with my man Drew, Keegan, Caleb, and Nick. And I am your host, Ian. Let's get right into it. We do exist. Lowering the rim. Here we go. Okay, let's let's jump into some of these um, some basketball news. Lots of lot has happened since the last pod that we posted. It's still pending. Uh, <laughs> but hey, we're, we do ex- we do exist. Lowering the rim. Um, by the way, Caleb, great intro. Very yeah, well yeah, done. Thanks. Really good. Yeah. Um, so the Warriors are in the process of bringing back Andrew Bogut, who's coming off of his Australian season with the Sydney Kings and he's he's defensive player of the year and uh MVP of that league. Whoa. Guess how uh, many guess how many points he averaged and he still won MVP. Uh 16. 13. 12. 11. 10. 9. <laughs> 8, 7. <laughs> it, it, was, it was 11. Yeah. Wow. Nice. MVP. I would love an MVP in the NBA to get 11 points average. Yeah, that's crazy. What were his other numbers? I don't know. I think it it seems like it was mostly defense that was pretty pretty dominant. There was a seven. (laughs) It it sounds like he was the only guy who's played in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, that's probably it right there. Um, He's also kind of the local legend, right? The guy. Yeah. Did he go first overall? Yeah. Yep. To the Bucks. I do think we're well on our way to having uh, an all or a predominant international league. Why is mm. that? Because I just think there's a wealth of talent out there that hasn't been fully utilized, and eventually you'll have uh, you'll have way more international players than. Yeah. Think about China. That's two billion people that. Don't represent the league at all yet. Yeah, and and Malcolm Gladwell has this whole uh, theory that he did on Bill Simmons' podcast where he basically talks about the untapped resource in Africa uh, where all these guys like Siakam and Joel Embiid and these guys, I mean, these guys are playing the NBA and they've like only been playing, they've only been playing for like 10 years. Yeah. And the NBA is doing all this stuff with Basketball Without Borders and setting up programs basically to find and recruit this kind of talent. Well, to that point, there um some other news. Uh they've already slated games for next year's preseason where the Raptors and Rockets are going to play in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh they have they haven't done that since 2003 and then the Kings and the Pacers are going to play in India and they've never done that ever. They've never had wow. a, a yeah. game in India, so with their t- the teams are playing each other. Yeah, they overseas. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like as an exhibition, so that other gotcha. countries can sort of raise basketball awareness. <laughs> so, do you think that? Do you think the NBA is going to try to go, is going to try and make international leagues then? Mm. 
Do you think that's uh, they've a, already a started? Yeah, they they have a whole program in Africa, like Ian was saying earlier, um, and they've set up a program in India as well. I think Caleb, you're talking about like having a professional team in the league in Africa, right? Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, that or <laughs> or just like a league that's most like in India that's mostly okay. No, uh, like different I'd, Indian teams, and then every maybe every once in a while, they a no. team from India will come. So it'd be like the yeah. Office, where there's a British one, an American one. <laughs> no, they're not gonna they're not gonna try to do that. What they want to do is get streaming rights to all of these countries, and for them to pay big money to watch their league. Watch the because league. because yeah. when you're talking about like China and India, you're talking. Uh, three billion plus yeah. people. At close to, I mean, it'd be close to four billion just in those two countries. And so all of the, all of the money is made on like the streaming TV deals and marketing or the advertising that goes along with it. So if they can, if they can uh, have a, the corner on that market, that's what they're going to make all their money on. That'll be crazy because I'm already like trying to catch up on the seasons as it is. I'm so behind on NBA that you know, as soon as hopefully the seasons get on Netflix and I can just burn through them. But, <laughs> what season are you on, Keegan? Uh, 104. <laughs> Ian, you were mentioning uh, you were mentioning Africa being a source of NBA talent in the years to come, and I feel like we've been hearing that since we were kids. Yeah, but you're uh, seeing they, it now. Well, you you saw it then. I mean, you have Manute Bowl, you have Matumbo, you had it. Um, you remember that movie, The Air Up There? Yeah. I was just that about was to like say a that. part of that. Well, er, I remember the movie. Ernest, <laughs> Ernest. goes to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Slam, Slam dunk, dunk Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Do I those mean, Ernest the, movies the, hold up. <laughs> I laugh. Guilty. Oh, that's good. That's real good. I like jail, camp, scared, stupid, and Christmas. I still laugh at. I think it's more of a question of does oh. the viewer hold <laughs> Oh, I will never forget the Stennis way. Oh, man, that's good. Yeah. What's that? At camp, the uh, he's like the lifeguard who pushes all the kids into the water <laughs> he teaches them to swim to the stennis way yeah his way is just grabbing the kids and throwing them into the into yeah. the lake man he was alt right before it even existed stennis. <laughs> do they still he make was. movies like that like is there a modern day Ernest? <laughs> i don't I, isn't that I'm, weird that no one no so. nobody does I don't think Hollywood would greenlight well, any well, sort I don't of think Hollywood, he's talking I don't think about Hollywood greenlit those movies. Those movies were made out of Oklahoma, <laughs> straight to DVD. I mean, I'm talking like basically anything made from '89 to '95. Those those movies don't exist anymore. That like format you of cannot movie. sell a uh, clean comedy with the screwball main character. Yeah. New Line Cinema used to just. <laughs> pump them out well, they, they kind of had the, the peewee movies kind of fit in that mold too and the first one of those was was really good yeah um, yeah yeah or, they stopped you know, those for about 20 years movies like okay somebody <laughs> yeah. greenlit 
we're going to get Christopher Lloyd and Hulk Hogan together in a room <laughs> and do a read. That just doesn't Christopher Lloyd happen. and Hulk Hogan. What was that? Suburban Commando. That. Is that pretty good? Well, Hulk Hogan. Hulk... It's, it's worth a rewatch. Here's a synopsis. <laughs> well, for you, it's the inaugural viewing. but <laughs> Hulk Hogan is an alien crash lands on Earth and lives with Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's sold right there. Do you need no. more of a description? I did it. Co-starring Shelley Duvall and a couple other wrestlers. <laughs> But yeah, they, they used to do what kindergarten cop sort of crossover stuff like yeah, that. same vein. Like PG movies were pretty thriving yeah. back then. Have you guys Problem heard child. that the biggest haul in Hollywood history for a long time was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito and Twins? Wow, that they took the they took a percentage. They were like one of the first people to do that, and they made like fifty million dollars each in the early nineties. Wow, because. They didn't Whoa. want to front money for it, so I mean, it, it was some some record, and so people stopped making those deals because it was such a. They took so much of the studio's money. <laughs> wow. wow! I always that movie and the one where Arnold Schwarzenegger's pregnant are like the same what? movie in my yeah, mind. Yeah, what's that? Is that Junior? <laughs> I think that's Junior. Yeah. Junior. Think about someone pitching that idea. And, and Hollywood said absolutely. My, my favorite thing about film. Junior is that they really try and make the they really spend a lot of time on the science and try and make it seem. Oh, did they? <laughs> try to make it seem plausible. Possible, huh? Yeah. Way ahead of its time. So this next segment's called "Let's See What We Can <laughs> Cut Out of the Show." Um, Flubber. Anyone's thoughts? Robin Williams. <laughs> Animorphs. Flubber's a good basketball movie. So, what do we think about Pau Gasol going to the Bucks? Mark? <laughs> no, Pau. No, 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 no. He he said it correct. Yeah, Mark, Mark is on the went Raptors. To the Raptors. We're talking about Pau Gasol went to the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, this just came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, the Spurs buy him out. Like at Pau the last Gasol, Pau, or the Bucks can put out some like monster lineups. If you put Giannis, Pau, Lopez. And Middleton, that's like 6'8", 6'11", 7'0", mm. 7'0". It's funny that the Gasol brothers are relevant again all of a sudden. But wait, there's two yeah, Gasols? Brothers. Genetic. A tall, skinny one and a slightly less tall, yeah. slightly less skinnier one. Genet- genetic privilege. Yeah, so he, 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 gets, he gets bought out, which is a smart move for the Spurs because, I mean, his career has kind of been – Pretty dry. Um, yeah, and the Bucks picked him up. Also, the Raptors. You know, they picked yeah. up Jeremy Lin as well. Yeah, not just Marcus. All. I like it. Are they? Are the brothers seen with equal caliber? Mm, Pow, the older one, has accomplished more. Yeah, Pau but had a, uh, or Pau had I've, a higher ceiling, right? Yeah, I mean, but Marcus All has been the more talked about one, and recent years and and the grizzlies kind of had the run there where they were they for like three years they seemed like it they were a step away from being like a contender yeah um but they just never they never yeah, quite materialized I would, 
I would say talent wise, they're pretty equal. It's just yeah, I think Powell is like you said, Powell. Powell won yeah, a championship. He was with just Kobe, in a better so situation. I don't know. I mean, it's it's easy to yeah. forget how highly thought of or high, highly valued he was when he won that. He was seen as kind of a replacement. Yeah, but for... you got to remember uh, the Grizzlies were a serious Western Conference contender there for a few years, and Mark was also. Uh, consistently in defensive player of the year talks. So, I mean, he was no, no scrub. So, so let's, let's jump to the Lakers then. Um, you guys are in LA. What's the vibe there? I mean, it's looking like they're going to miss the playoffs. Um, I think last night was them missing the playoffs. That, that, it, last night was the tr- triple threat, kind of perfect storm for them to lose by the team they're chasing, the Clippers, so the Clippers also get a win, and the Spurs got a win. That puts them five and a half games back. I, sh- I think that's that was a wrap. That was a tough night. Oh, and the Kings won last night as well. What's the criteria for getting into the playoffs? Um, top eight. Top eight. Yeah, records. the Lakers are. Yeah, okay. They're a conference. Back. Or are they five games back now, or five and a half maybe? Well, they're already well, talking about they're talking about shutting LeBron down for the year, which I don't know that that's going to go over well for the fans. Although I think it's probably the best thing to do. But isn't that just after um, Adam Silver talks at Sloan Conference about I hate that they shut down a or trying to shut down AD? That is not okay. And then a few days later, they're like, "Yeah, let's yeah. shut LeBron down." Imagine what he yeah. thinks. Well, of that. I mean, the league already said to the Pelicans, "We're going to fine you if you try to sit him out." So what the Pelicans have been doing is, they'll play him in the beginning and they just sit him. Like the other night, I think he only played twenty minutes or something like that. I just, I don't think you, I don't think they'll shut down LeBron, because what happens if they don't get anybody this off season? They're bringing that same squad back. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean. How's that? Yeah, How's I mean, that the, kind of play? The out? rationale for not playing him though is say, I mean, he has so many miles. Save his legs for next year. Like, why put on, why put on meaningless, you know, wear and tear of games on him when it they're not going to make it? Yeah, that's true. I guess because you're getting paid, yeah. maybe that could be part. of Well, that's that. a whole. That's an old-fashioned notion, man. Yeah, that's out. That's outmoded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, have you? Do you guys talk to any like legit Lakers fans in LA? I mean, what's do you? <laughs> no, we don't talk to them, Ian. No. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just curious if we can get uh, I, a live I, look. I mean, at I what's still see in LA right now. I still see LeBron jerseys in the general public. It's hard to know if they're Laker fans or LeBron fans, to be honest. Because, like I said earlier, it seems like. Laker fans are almost starting to move into this arena of Kobe would never do this. That's <laughs> that sort of speak. Kobe would have never done this. Yeah, Kobe had bad years too. You know, it's it's easy to romanticize people when they're down. Yeah, I think the difference there is, Co- I mean, Kobe did have some rough years, but that was because he literally 
like physically couldn't play much anymore because he had so many injuries on him. Versus somebody that is well, and we shouldn't say this because he hasn't shut it down yet. But if he did, if if you're healthy and you're just deciding I'm not gonna not gonna play, that's two different two different arenas there. I am not cut up on the NBA, so don't have any spoilers for me. I've not gotten to see Kobe plays. <laughs> I'm looking up uh, career games right now, and uh, Kobe has played, by the end of his career, he had played just two full seasons more than LeBron. So in terms of games played, LeBron is just two seasons out from the end of Kobe's career. So, you know, th- that's just some, you know, to, to give you a point of reference, a point of comparison. Well, well, doesn't that sound about right, though? I mean, when that's what, because I mean, Kobe had some pretty devastating injuries that kind of that mm-hmm. just curtailed the end of the the last three years. Basically, were just ghost town. Well, and right now LeBron is in that the the first of those three, basically. He hasn't yet. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I. And he had his first major injury. Yeah, so to say that that Kobe didn't never did this, he kind of did, you know, right at this moment. So is it not uncommon for a superstar to not make it to the playoffs? Is that like a thing that that has happened before multiple times? It's it's not as common in the NBA because so many teams make the playoffs. It's 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 kind of easier to uh, make the playoffs than miss them in some ways because so many teams make it. There's, what, mm. 30, 30 teams? And more than half make the playoffs. Um. Hmm. Yeah, and this one, it's the magnitude of the player, I think, yeah. that makes it. I mean, all there's been all-stars that missed the playoffs before, but not somebody that's considered one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. This is someone um, who's being de- like debated with Jordan for the greatest ever, and Jordan, well, I mean... I don't remember his last few years. What did they look like? Well, he didn't make the playoff. Well, did he make the playoff with the Wizards? He might have one year, but, I mean, it wasn't anything illustrious. They probably got bounced in the first round. Although, again, back to Kobe, he had a couple years at the end where he they weren't making the playoffs. Yeah. And he, well, you and know he the was year that he busted team, his Achilles so. was they, he, they just barely got into the playoffs. That that's one of the things people are saying is like Kobe, Kobe uh, drug them into the playoffs even on a torn Achilles and and you guys remember that moment Keegan sorry this is a spoiler but he tore his Achilles <laughs> and was fouled on the play and he went and made two free throws and then walked up and so wow. every time LeBron misses clutch free throws there's all these memes about you know. Kobe oh, did that. Kobe did this on a torn Achilles. <laughs> well, jeez. Wasn't there a famous Isaiah Thomas sprained ankle? Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, game. He uh, sprained his ankle, I think, in the third quarter, and came back in and had like twenty-four points in the fourth. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of gone down as one of those great postseason performances. And he's like. Did was that uh do you remember what series it that was? was? Oh boy. It might have been cuz they his ankle was so shot that they ended up losing game 7. He could barely play. 
I think it was mm. 87. It was, it was against the Lakers. That's the game that Magic brought up when he said that Isaiah was better than Steph Curry. Mm. Um, he said mm. people forget about uh, this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, he was hobbling. That... And his ankle was like <laughs> a softball. Of the game. It, it, it wasn't like he was milking. It was... It was, he was hurt. Wow. Is that like when Paul Pierce went out on a wheelchair? Yeah, it wasn't quite as heroic <laughs> as that. <laughs> and, you know, people talk about the uh, Willis Reed moment where he famously limps back on the court, but he didn't produce that game. He, he might have had 10 points or something. Oh, didn't okay. play a whole lot. It was yeah. just the sort of power of him coming back into the game. Yeah. The thing about Isaiah was not just the toughness, but the production Yeah. while being hurt like that. Yeah, it wasn't just like a moral victory for the team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Paul Pierce one is one of the funniest ever. <laughs> I mean, maybe he That's was like really the, hurt, but he was magically unhurt very shortly after. <laughs> uh, he could he. Yeah, what ger- what German doctors yeah. did they have back, back in the locker yeah. room? Oh man. So, did you guys see the shop with AD Anthony Davis, the year of our Lord? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, what? What did they talk about? <laughs> Tampering? Uh, I mean, I only saw one clip, but it, it was kind of a funny clip because AD is talking to the guys, you know, and he's like, yeah, I finally, you know, I, I figured out I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what makes me happy, what makes sense for me. You know, I, I'm a business in, in and of myself. You know, nobody's going to tell me how to basically run my life and just kind of that beating your chest you know, I'm arriving sort of thing. Was Rich Paul <laughs> sitting right next to yes, him? Yes, the, Yeah, so the irony to me is like, I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> and you're, you're sitting here with LeBron and Rich Paul who are telling you you should come on their show, <laughs> who also told you to sign with them, who also told you to make a trade demand. <laughs> And none of it worked. <laughs> so what uh, yeah. is, is is that show where he said he's his own CEO? Yes. See that when he that's not entirely unfair, you know that that's that can be a healthy perspective to a degree, you know, to the point when you sign your contract and then you you know you have an obligation to fulfill it, but. Um, Maybe guys like him will just start opting for one and two year deals year in, year out. I don't know. But the idea of having control over your future, I mean, none of us are locked in for five, eight years at a time. Um, yeah. It just became, you know, uh, expected to get as much for as long as possible. And then guys just seem to have felt trapped in those decisions. But. Yeah, I I agree with but, you, but, but that I think only... there's a balance too because so, that could come back to bite you when you're if you keep signing a one or two year deal, then you have a really catastrophic yeah. injury, yeah. and then like see yeah. Boogie Cousins. Yeah. Well, I was gonna I was gonna well yeah, and Kevin you know? Love. I mean, Kevin Love made a smart move by signing that five year deal with the Cavs based on his injury history. Um, 
And yeah, I would, the other thing I was going to say is those those one year deals really only work for the superstars. Mm-hmm. I think even a star is probably better off. Case in point, John Wall, he's better off signing that big deal. Because is he ever going to get that money again? I mean, after this season, I highly doubt it. He's going to get paid way more for signing that big deal, you know. And so I think doing like what Kevin Durant and LeBron have done is really only the the elite superstars can take those chances. You know what I mean? Because even if even if KD gets injured or even if LeBron gets injured, I mean somebody's going to sign him for big money, regardless. Uh, on the, well, I, I, you know, on the other side, you have seasons uh, of free agency where mid-level guys are getting near max money just because teams are desperate. You know, that happened what two years ago? Yeah, when the the salary cap got bumped pretty dramatically. And people who were like role players, bench guys, were getting twenty million a year. So you could hang around and hope for that to happen and try to cash in as the p- potential missing piece on a good team. Yeah. But that seems like a less likely outcome than sort of getting lost and um, losing your value. Yeah. Let's uh, move on to the age of anxiety. Ian had talked about this earlier, so I'll let uh, Ian take over since you already have some thoughts on oh, well, this yeah. sort of thing. They had the Sloan Conference, and um, Bill Simmons interviewed Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA. And uh, it was a really fascinating interview, but one of the things that he talked about uh, quite a bit was his concern for the mental health of players and the isolation that they live with now. And, um, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of used, he used a couple anecdotes of guys that he's, he talks, has talked to where basically they're like, yeah, I, from the time I get on the bus, go to the plane, go to my hotel room. Like I won't talk to anyone until, you know, I come to pregame or whatever. And basically just how you're just so isolated. Um, Some of it's because of how famous they are. Some of it, I think, is just because you're just kind of in transit. You know, I mean, what are you going to do, you know, other than just kind of hang out in the hotel room? Uh, So it, it was kind of interestingly juxtaposed to this quote by Isaiah Thomas where he said, you know, and this was, would have been back in the late 80s, that championships are won on the bus. And so you think about like the era of the mm-hmm. 80s where you didn't have like the cell phones that you can kind of get your, like put your headphones on and get lost in your cell phone and kind of be, you know, distant from everyone. But you had more kind of camaraderie playing cards together or talking with each other or whatever, or listen to music together rather than listening to it in your headphones and how it can, how that kind of sense of camaraderie outside of the playing together really makes a big difference. So I don't know. What do you guys think of that? Just how the world has changed, how that's impacted NBA players. Um, The NBA apparently is doing a lot more with mental health and trying to provide services for players Mm -hmm. to be able to combat the loneliness they feel. But 
And even in, during uh, this year's preseason, DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love both came out and were talking about their anxiety yeah. issues that they have and uh, mental and their mental yeah. health issues. And, so. yeah. and you got to you to your point about the <clears throat> cell phones and being isolated. This is all brand new. The league's never seen it. Basically, from what probably from the lockout. And, and then going backwards, none of this has ever existed. So this is all brand new, and they don't even know. Yeah. It's so young and such a small sample, they don't know what it's going to lead into. All the social media and all the just 24-hour coverage and yeah, that sort of thing. It seems like a part of a wider movement. Um That uh, you know, I, I, at least our country's going through where people are more open to talking about mental health issues. It's not, it's it's being seen as brave to be uh, come out as a victim, to come out with weaknesses and that sort of thing. So these, uh, and then all the stuff that goes with social media and loneliness and estrangement from yourself and all that weird, damaging stuff, just seems to be heightened in an NBA environment. Um, like so much else it's kind of like a a test group for for directions that the whole country's heading rather than as this sort of nba specific problem mm -hmm. does that seem fair yeah yeah that it's just it's it's present in the nba because it's present everywhere uh is that what yeah, you, that's what I, you're saying i think so i think the league's trying to deal with stuff that other executives and CEOs and churches and schools and all that stuff are also just trying to come to terms with. What's interesting is, you know, um, Adam Silver chalks it up, like at least from his perspective, a lot of it to um, uh, social media, which is kind of interesting because I feel like the social media has actually helped the NBA in a lot of ways. Sure. You know, so it, I wonder if there's a bit of a love-hate relationship with that because – I mean, the NBA is covered almost pretty much 11 months out of the year. And a big part of that is because of, I mean, what's happening and, you know, from social media. Um, yeah. It's overload. It's just too much. It's become, it's become too much. What? I mean, think about, think about <clears throat> guys from, the 80s and 90s just not that they're getting away with stuff but in today's NBA you are being filmed or photographed at all yeah. times that didn't exist before you know yeah it's like anyone with a anyone with a phone now is filming you or yeah. photographing you and then and then immediately posting it because of uh Inter the internet the speed of the internet you can it's up auto uh, instantly that is that is a weird new territory that athletes have never had to it's deal like with. you're always just one false move from becoming a meme or something you know you're always yeah. right on the edge mm -hmm. going viral in the worst way mm. I forget where I heard this but someone was saying that when it comes to social media anxiety and self-harm girls 
struggle with it way more than guys because guys bully in person they fight and that's it girls will harass and bully each other at a distance through social media and because of that girls can never really leave the room they're always right you know they're always sharing space with their worst enemy like that and with NBA players it's kind of the same thing um, especially if they're isolated um, on a personal level all of their critics are right in front of them subtweeting them and what whatever else so I imagine some anxiety would especially if you're like KD and you're paying attention and you're sensitive it would just eat at you yeah it makes you wonder if some sort of a backward movement might be coming kind of a like Luddite people start to push back the other way yeah because it's just becoming too much too fast you're talking about the great social media resistance <laughs> of 2023 <laughs> well what's funny is I was talking to a guy the other day who has teenagers and he he says that uh, his kids have done that where like mm. they well or he so he has a son who's maybe 15 I think and he makes fun of his parents for always being on their phones. Mm. You know, they're always posting stuff. And <laughs> he son. he doesn't have an Instagram, a Facebook, a Snapchat, anything. All he has is like a WhatsApp with his close friends. Mm. So he has like a closed group that, that they just share all their stuff on that closed group. But he doesn't have any sort of like public persona that he's, you know posturing and presenting himself in a certain way you know uh to his followers or anything like that so i thought that was interesting now i don't know maybe he's unique but i wonder if there's more kids like that looking at their parents going what are, what are you guys doing now that is interesting that they see it growing up and and don't yeah, want to be definitely that, i've huh? definitely heard that at, at least on Facebook, like younger generations don't use Facebook. Yeah, I've at heard all. that too. Yeah, and if they do use something, it's either uh, Twitter or Instagram. But that I heard that like a year ago, so that could also be changing. Hmm. That people are getting off Instagram. Yeah. Well, I I think maybe as a young person, seeing so many people's lives ruined by ten year old tweets stuff like that you know mm. you're yeah, posting all yeah, these mistakes definitely. online to ruin your life 15 years from now you know, yeah when you've grown out I, of it I, I also wonder if some of it is you know when you're a teenager your parents aren't cool so anything they're doing <laughs> is not yeah cool. yeah you kind of you kind of go the opposite way yeah. of them yeah. just naturally yeah that's cool. true yeah, so who knows? Maybe there will be like this... Uh... Facebook, that's for my grandma. <laughs> what do we think about players being drafted and not being able to choose their employer? Mm. You mean like a team like a team picks, picks them up and they're not able to choose which team picks them up? Yeah. Yeah, most people, you know, they kind of somewhat choose where they're yeah. going to work. I guess you don't choose if only yeah. one place get it gives you a a call back and then you Yeah, but like a It's kind of life though. You you apply for yeah. the job and you might get you yeah, might get a I feel job like everybody <laughs> deals with that. And it's not 
isolated to NBA players. Unless maybe I'm conflating something. Well, if you just think about it, it's different for them going to college versus going pro. In college, they have a bunch of teams that say, hey, we want you, and then you decide where to go. And the pros, mm-hmm. you just are. Yeah. The team says, we're going to take this guy. Just, yeah, you basically just have no say yeah. in, the, in, in it at it all. It does give you empathy, though, for these guys. We're, when they get five years in, they're like, I haven't actually made a career decision yet. I'm almost 30, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and they just realize, I want control, and they kind of throw a tantrum. And it, yeah. it's a bad look, it's bad behavior, but it might come from that. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you, it makes you, when like, reevaluating it. You're like, yeah, some of this makes sense. I mean, they didn't, they didn't get to pick any of this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess they chose to play basketball, and they could have chosen to go do something else. And that's like, I mean, that's part of their choice is to be part of be part of the sport, right? Mm. Yeah, but I think Ian had a good illustration. It's the difference of you getting to pick what college you want to play for, versus you're going to play for this NBA team. Otherwise, you're not in the league. But if you could pick, wouldn't guys, like, conspire to be on the same team? And then there's, like, talent Yeah, that's why. I mean, who would choose to go to Memphis? You know, who would... Right. <laughs> or, hold, or, or, or Detroit, am I right, Nick? <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. So, uh, well, well, yeah. I used to have yeah, regional drafts where, like, you would draft out of your – so the Pistons would have exclusive access to kids coming out of Michigan, Michigan State, that sort of thing. Well, here's another way I've heard that you could offset this, right? So you don't have a draft, but there's still a salary cap. So teams are basically – only allotted a certain amount of money that they can offer these guys so the guy has to you know make decisions of how much money do i want to make versus what team do i want to be on you see what i'm saying get behind that that makes sense i mean that's basically the process of the job of getting hired for a job so that's yes so that sort of helps the um what keegan's talking about the talent disparity it offsets some of that because one team can't just go buy all the best draft picks because they don't so have the money have the to do that. Who would have the most money to spend this year? Who, who would get to buy Zion? Hmm. Well, see, that's where teams would have to start um, strategizing differently as well because they could move off money in the buyout market or in the trade market ahead of time. Uh, anticipating that they could possibly offer more money than other that teams. Would... Like now, well, no, that was that was my thought. I'm just saying I don't know specifically who has the most cap room this this year, but you see what I'm saying? It creates yeah. all these other elements that are at play with one another. Hmm. I'd like to see them all have to go in for an interview, like a job, dress nice, and they do. so they do, and put their application in. They do interviews. Where they have to sit down with executives and the executive really? ask them wow. questions. Yeah, 
Uh, what are your uh, strengths and weaknesses? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you like to see that televised? Describe a time when you were in a tough situation and you had to make well, it better. One thing I've always felt bad about basketball players that has to do with this is if they're close to their family but they're drafted by some team across the country. Yeah, so see, that's a... That's another element that could be at play when they're making a decision. How about how about this you know? one? A a kid got drafted this year to the 76ers. His mom works for the 76ers. That's where he always wanted to play. And on draft night, they trade him to Phoenix. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man! It's like you can trade. They were already trail. like ESPN was already laying out the like fairy tale ending of this. <laughs> it's like. Breaking news, so-and-so just got traded to the Phoenix Suns. I think that the added layer to that is the guy that Phoenix got back. Yeah, Zaire Smith. Yeah, I can't remember. What's the kid's name? Was he from UConn that got drafted? I can't remember his name. Bridges? I'm pretty sure it was Bridges. He's a good player for the Suns, too. Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, Villanova. Yeah, is that Jay Wright? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where he's from. Yeah. Uh, Drew, back to your thought about teams that's clearing crazy. space for top picks. Can you imagine the chaos in the bottom half of the NBA of teams unloading salary to have the best opportunity at Zion? <laughs> it would be a It'd be interesting, sale, huh? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun. Now, obviously, that wouldn't happen every year because some drafts are just kind of duds, but... But yeah, this year in particular, everybody would be wanting to try to so grab. If Zion, you're a top team, sure. you just wait for them to do that. Wait for them to buy guys out or whatever, and then you go pick them up and reload, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that it keeps te- all the best teams from you know not they can't necessarily get the best draft pick, so it's not a. Uh, pooling of talent from on draft the team. picks, but it, used, it, it mm. seems like it happened from all the guys getting dumped. You know, they'd all be joining playoff teams at the end of the year. Yeah, that's possible. Well, I mean, like for example, the Warriors—they're—they're they're not going to move off anybody yeah. to. You know, they would—they would—they wouldn't be able to make the money work to even go after Zion because they already have too much money tied up. You see what I'm saying? So. So it's not like they could just go buy out this amazing draft prospect. But they could pick up someone like Bogut off the open market, you know, <laughs> coming <laughs> off. Yeah. But you know what? That's not really a – I think it's it's a savvy move by them, but it's not a steal because he, he had been bounced around from like three different teams the last two years, and then nobody wanted him. So – but, but when he when he's a it's, it's, when he's a game changer in other, the finals, it's going to be yeah. another example of light years. I'm curious. He, he, yeah, now I I agree with you there, but my point is, other teams, if they really wanted Andrew Bogut, they could have already had hey, him by now. Quick, uh, quick reference to our last podcast. Slam Magazine tweeted out a clip of um, USA basketball players doing like uh, games of one on one versus each other. And they said, "Hey NBA, let's make King of the Court an all-star competition." Did and they then really? It, yeah. And then an NBA writer writes, "Fans would love it. Getting around egos is the toughest part. 
many at that level wouldn't want to risk being beat on that stage. You'd have That's to have exactly. you'd have to have like a million dollar prize. And by the way, Katie's beating everyone. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> That's exactly what we say. Yeah, it is. But it's it's king of the court. I yeah, I would love that. It would just kill all this hypothetical debate that goes on. Yeah. Like, now it's not a debate anymore. We have footage of what. Yeah, it's what people want to see. Well, do you, have you heard? Have you heard those rumors? I don't know if this is true, but I heard this somewhere along the way that back in Miami, uh, Michael Beasley used to own LeBron in games of one-on-one. I heard that too. Which, if that's Uh, true, I mean, then... And again, I mean, Michael Beasley's not as good of a player as LeBron, but it just shows you that there's... Like, I don't ever... I can't imagine Michael Beasley beating Kobe or Michael Jordan in a game of one-on-one. You know what I mean? <laughs> Could he beat Larry Bird or Magic Johnson? Maybe Magic. Could he beat Isaiah Thomas? Or <laughs> Probably <Sprinter>? not. <laughs> okay, so so some uh, Keegan, can we get some memories of you playing basketball video games? You know, Keegan, Keegan opened up a box that I forgot existed yesterday. He was telling me about a video game. We had to look it up on YouTube. What was it called? NBA Kobe Courtside. Bryant's Courtside. NBA Kobe Bryant Courtside. Nintendo wow. 64. The audience looks like cardboard <laughs> GIFs. And... Uh, Nobody has, um, everyone's hands are just like this, you know, that don't move their fingers, just flat hands. And uh, it's a very good game. It's very exciting and fun. The, the gameplay we watched online, the first play was for Vinny Del Negro <laughs> to get a jump shot. Oh, my. <laughs> if, that, if that dates it at all for you. This was pre, I don't think there was a 2K yet. Nice. It was it was Del Negro versus Anthony Hardaway on the Orlando Magic. Uh, very low poly uh, graphics. And the then characters. he reminded me of. Do you guys remember Sega Dreamcast? Mm-hmm. He's like, "What's that basketball game for Sega Dreamcast?" Which I had totally forgot about. We look it up. It was the very first oh. NBA Two K. Dreamcast baby. It's just 2K1, Sega Dreamcast. Now, one time I made a whole, you could customize players. I made a whole team of just deformed <laughs> individuals that were too tall, too fat, hands too big, really short, but big feet. There's a whole, whole just group of underdogs out there just going to the hole. How'd they do? It was fun. We did good. We played with a lot of heart. Uh,. I don't know. We didn't have a memory card, so we couldn't <laughs> save the team I made. I thought you were going to say you, you had to you remake get... them every time you played. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably would have. I think it was when you borrowed. Ian, you had a Dreamcast. Did you borrow maybe. it from someone? Because we had it at our house, yeah. but we never owned one. I think we, we stole played, it from uh, Yeah, I was going to say, the youth group had one. Maybe. Maybe. maybe that's where you got it. <laughs> we stole it from church and gave it back. What was, yeah. the th- what was your team's name? 
I don't remember. I don't remember Swamp <laughs> Dragons. <laughs> With that, I'll just throw out a question to to Nick. Uh, what was your basketball game of choice that you played video game-wise? Oh, man. I think the only basketball video game I ever owned was 97. NBA 97 on Sega. Hmm. Yeah. Whoa. Didn't you like that back then? It was just the yeah. year. That's what the game was. It's just. <laughs> yeah, the NHL games were the same. And it's actually the year prior, though. It's uh-huh. not the current year. It's called 97, but it's all the 96 NBA, rosters. Like 97 and 98 and so forth, just transition into 2K. I mean, isn't isn't 2K just the, two, uh, the 2000, 2001 version of that? Probably. No, I think I think '97 became live. Oh, NBA yeah. Live, NBA Live. '97 and '98 became the live from EA yeah. Sports. Two 2K oh. is like a whole new. It was a whole nother comp company oh, yeah. that was competing. Now I gotta. I do remember Ian renting the video game Bulls versus Blazers oh, for that was Super one of Nintendo. My very uh, chaotic game. The quarters were 12 minutes, and they did have all 10 players out there on the court, and it was yeah. just chaos. But Jordan, Jordan was Jordan was really good so. in that game. And I don't know if you remember, there's this move Jordan did against the Nets one time where he, like, jumps from one side of the lane and, like, triple clutches it like moves the ball like three different directions and then finishes on the other side of the lane. And Bulls versus Blazers had Jordan doing that move. And it was hilarious because it's like this, um, it's like this, you know, pixelated image of him just hanging in the air forever and jumping from one side (laughs) of the lane to the other and laying it in. And that was like the the signature move. If you could pull that off in that game, you were really doing something. Then, of course, NBA Jam came out and just blew that out of the water because they're Uh, shooting people through the the roof of the stadium. You know, there was actually an NBA Jam for regular Nintendo. It just wasn't good. Oh, really? It was a two-on-two game. I don't think I played that. I'm almost positive. I'll I'll have to double-check it. I mean, it's not good. It's it's, it's about as bad as... uh, Double Dribble or Michael Jordan versus the Larry worst, Bird. Uh, what was the game that we played, Drew? Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball or something? That is the worst oh, basketball Oh, yeah, game. that's that terrible. <laughs> you're basically, it's the game is basically your Terminator yeah, versus Terminator. Is what it makes is. sense. <laughs> and it's overhead yeah. view, which is the worst view for basketball. I like some of the offshoot basketball games like um, Michael Jordan's Windy City, <laughs> which is just him fighting sewage so, crime in, in So that game, so that game hard. was actually, uh, it was made from a game that like got thrown out. And then huh. some this, that company t- picked it up and was like, what if we just changed the main character to Michael Jordan? Wow. Funny. Okay, so we've got a second-year player for the Phoenix Suns. They have the worst record in the NBA right now. Mm. I think they've won 14 games. Um, second-year player Josh Jackson was 
um, supposed to have an autograph signing at some some sent, some place in uh, Phoenix. Just does not show up. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, it gets better. Yeah, he just does not show up, right? Okay, so the GM hears about this, drives down to the the signing where all these fans are just waiting. No one's there. Gosh. Do you want to guess what he does? He pretends to be that guy. Oh, that pretends to be the player. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, social media area, the era. They know what he looks like. They skyped him in. Oh, that's good too. I like where this. Let's keep. Let's keep workshopping this. What does he do? He gives them all Kobe Wizard art books. <laughs> I like that. No, that's not what he did. Um, I don't, he he I buys do? them all beer. He says, go to the grocery, get beer, and I'll reimburse really? you. And that's it. That's it. Wow. This is for a second-year player that really hasn't done anything in the NBA. Mind you, this isn't oh, uh, you know Dirk Nowitzki didn't that show. That sounds up. like this a just... that sounds like the script to a sitcom by a writer who's never written a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> so we all agree he should have just gave him Kobe's Wizenard book instead, and that would have been. What if someone won? Soda, Drew. He really did give free beer. Yeah, he just bought him. Or... He bought him all beer. Did he Which sign I guess the beer? He's like that. That'll calm down an angry crowd. I mean, <laughs> if I'm being honest, I was just confused by who went to go get an autograph. Well, from yeah, you're, the part you're leaving out is there was only three people there. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that expensive. And two were family members. No. Uh, tell you what, go down to the store. You get yourself a candy bar. You can get a king size if you like. Oh man, that's what I would have said. Okay, so hit him, hit him, Drew, is, hit him with the fire one. This is the fire lightning. That's a good round. lightning round. Okay, this one is great. Is that, so is that with a Y? Last week, F Y R E, aka Icon, <laughs> aka Murda, aka Ja Rule, performed. Does is the halftime performer for a Milwaukee Bucks game. This is how it first starts. He's about for seven seconds, he screams into the mic, Are you ready? Then the music never starts. Ja Rule goes, I guess not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Applaud him for that. That's music good. never starts. Okay. So he gets through his whole performance, right? It's coming close to the end. Bucks players start just going through shoot around while in the middle of his performance the arena's still dark they just are showing like, well it wasn't just no bucks players it was Giannis, who is the potential possible mvp for the league they're just so tired of his performance they start start warming up before the third quarter while it, while he's still performing and like i said the arena is still dark with the performance lights going on just was the performance that bad, or just? I think everyone had seen the Netflix special on Fire. Yeah, I I'm, I don't understand why Ja Rule would even be given a performance after everything with Firefest. Wow. 
Sorry, me and Keegan are watching this Ja Rule halftime show. There are four Bucks players <laughs> shooting around. <laughs> they, I mean, they are all just shooting. They're basically weaving in and out of his dance troupe, <laughs> shooting baskets. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm with, I'm with Ian. I think they saw what sort of charlatan he is from that documentary, and they're like, we could care less oh. about what this guy's doing. That makes sense, actually. Like, no, I guess. He's a con man. It's worth a watch. It's the disrespect is just yeah, on it's, on. It is one hundred. Don't you get the impression that uh, it's Giannis is one of these guys that just wants to play, like and and it's part of what he likes about being in Milwaukee is he doesn't have to deal with the media or the noise or the and he. Yeah, it just yeah, doesn't need the whole pomp like and circumstance. It's just. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, he seems like a straight wow. shooter. That's for sure. Oh man, that is incredible. One, uh, one thing I, I don't want to take us off track here, but one thing I wanted to ask Ian earlier uh, was about uh, Trey Young and Luca. Mm-hmm. You've been really high on Luca and have kind of. Um, been projecting him as the steal in this draft is is young changing that do you think he has a higher ceiling Mm, i think young is showing that it wasn't that it may be a win-win okay you know what i mean i I don't think and even bagley i think bagley has been playing really well too so it may it may turn out that there is no darko in the situation sorry 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 detroit Yeah, that'd be good. I yeah, I mean, I I don't think the way Trey Young's been playing, it doesn't look like he's going to be a bust. I mean, Doncic is not a bust. The way that people are talking about him, you know, like even Doc Rivers. I don't know if you saw that quote after the Clippers played him. Doc just said, "Man, this guy he he sees things the way that like Magic and LeBron sees the game." And he's he said that's just pretty amazing to see it a, a guy that age you know so i mean Doncic isn't going to be a bust and bagley's been playing really well yeah, i'm still thinking about uh, Ernest. good <laughs> 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 oh, that's good gosh uh, you, uh nick's been so quiet because he's been mute <laughs> watching through. Ernest yeah. uh, scared stupid for the yeah. last 40 minutes of this yeah Thanks for joining another episode of Lowering the Rim. Uh, Let's go ahead and put those goals back up to regulation. We'll catch you next time.